everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And welcome to the Tape Store. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And tonight, uh, real excited because, uh, well, it's our second show. And we're already talking about um, probably my most favorite show as a kid. <laughs> Definitely my most favorite show as a kid, not probably. Uh, and that is Are You Afraid of the Dark? From Nickelodeon or uh, SNCC. Yes. Also, <laughs> uh, depending on where you were. Um, but um, that was my most favorite show as a kid. And it's kind of that season where we would be talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Definitely. Uh, it is fall. Uh, of course, Halloween has just passed, but still. Um, but some of us are spooky all year long. That's right. So. <laughs> yeah, I used to get, um, we've talked about this, but I used to get really, really sad. When Halloween was over, I had so much fun. I am currently in that state right now. Yes, it was very <laughs> sad. I remember one particular time uh, I was at church and I was real sad. <laughs> it was like, a, it was when Halloween was a sa- on a, I think it was on a Saturday, I'm pretty sure, or a Friday. Yeah. But Sunday, I was, uh, I was like really, really sad. Like, I think I was on the verge of tears. I just had such a good time that Halloween. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what year it was. It was That's definitely sad. the 90s, early 90s. And probably 93 or 94. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was 13 or 14. And uh, my mom was like, uh, what's wrong, honey? What's wrong? She thought I was having like a... <laughs> like like a, a spiritual yeah, moment. Aww. I mean, she thought I was, yeah. And I was just, <laughs> she really thought something. And I really didn't have the heart to tell her like, I was sad because Halloween was over. <laughs> uh, so pure. I did tell her that. <laughs> Eventually, I just was like, you know, I don't know, you know. It, oh my it, lord, <laughs> we had such a good time with that. So, uh, but I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, it's definitely my favorite show, and uh, looking forward to uh, to the next couple weeks because this week uh, we're going to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark, the original show. Yes, and then next week we're going to review the reboot, which was just a couple weeks ago, uh, October. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like eleventh to the twenty fifth, or maybe it was the nineteenth. It was the 11th. Yes, okay. also produced by Nickelodeon. So Yes, yeah. Um, so just a little bit of history, very brief, thanks to Wikipedia. But <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark was, uh, it premiered on Halloween night of 1990, and I was able to actually catch that episode. That's awesome. It was cool, yeah. And it ran the first, uh, I guess, incarnation. Uh, mm-hmm. I call it the Gary era, because that was when the, the character Gary was the leader of the Midnight Society. Uh, it's from... Uh, October 31st, 1990 until April 20th, 1996. And then it came back under Gary's little brother, Tucker. Yeah. It's the Tucker era. Was February 6th, 1999 to June 11th, 2000. So the Gary era ran for five seasons. The Tucker era ran for two. Um, And then it was revived for a third incarnation. um, And that was from October... 11th 2019 to October 25th 2019 yes. uh, a a mini series like a, a revival so seven seasons in all and then a reboot uh, just this past month so uh, what what did we so so what what was so great what what do we remember about are you afraid of the dark what do you remember bro okay well um, I had okay so I grew up we didn't have cable uh, television so I didn't have Nickelodeon much to my dismay um, that doesn't mean I didn't watch it. I watched it at my friends' houses and things like that. But uh, so I, I only ever caught 
glimpses and bits of Are You Afraid of the Dark, which was sad because I was a kid at eight years old. I was watching like The Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits, which is 100% not appropriate for children. But that's where my hope is at. I loved spooky stuff. The X-Files was totally my jam. So like I was like, man, if I can just watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? So that was like a privilege to me. So I didn't get as familiar with it as a child. Really, I grew up and was like, okay, let me watch this stinking show that I've been trying to watch since I was a kid. Yeah. And I loved it on a whole new level because I knew, one, what I'd missed, and two, I was able to appreciate what the show was doing that maybe I might not have caught as a kid. So my experience is a little bit different. It's a little bit more um, from an outsider looking in. But like, it was such a cool show, it was such a unique show. Um, it was the gateway for many of us creepy kids, uh, making our way into liking Stephen King and things like that. Um, so it was just an amazing show. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was ahead of its time. I thought that. So I remember when I got home from trick or treating, uh, which was a big deal. Uh, I got home and, uh, it was like before, you know, we were getting ready for bed and stuff and we had already dumped our candy out and sorted through <laughs> it. And you know, that's just what As you one did. Does. You just dumped everything out and you know, Yossi did that. Our son did yes, that. The, but the he did night. sort. He sorted. Yes. It was cool to see because I did that. <laughs> but, um, so after we did all that, I turned on uh, Nickelodeon and there it was. And I was like, what is this show? It was the tale of the twisted claw. It was one of David's tales. Uh, the character David, he had told this story. But I, I never, I didn't know anything about what the, the premise of the show was. I just turned it on, and it was these, I think I'd caught, like, maybe the first, I missed the first few minutes of it. It was just these two kids, and they had, they were trick-or-treating. And then they had a, they go up to this woman's house, and she gives them a a decrepit little... Claw thing. Claw thing, yeah. Um, and it's old and stuff. And then she tells them, you know, that it'll grant whatever wishes you make, and... They kind of think it's a big joke. Well, yeah, it. because they went to her house and tr- and and they, they were a vase or something. yeah. And so she yeah. was like, "Oh, okay." Like I remember yeah. being like, "Oh no." Uh, now we're currently me and Brooke <laughs> are currently in a binge watch. Yes. So we're like, I think we're in season. I think three, we're either finishing I season think. two or going into three. Yeah. And so we are currently binge watching it now. Um, and it's it's the ver- the first season is the tale of the twisted claws. So they they broke a vase and then. Uh, she gave them the claw, and they left, and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, ensued because yeah. anytime they made a wish, uh, in order for whatever happened come true, something bad would have to happen. It's yeah. actually based on an actual. Yeah, the the monkey's paw. Yeah. I believe. So again, guys, this wasn't just the producers of the show were brilliant. They didn't just like. I'm sure some of the ideas, many of them were based on. Uh, original... Yeah, they said a lot of them are based on either urban legend. Or maybe right. older tales that have been told. So, so that's, stuff that's rooted in our, you know, in our um, recent memory. Right. Or or just stuff that just, you know, it, it just was very original. Yeah. Uh, was, or, and even if, even, uh, even if the shows were <clears throat> based off of uh, a, a previous or loosely based off of mm-hmm. a previous urban legend or um, some kind of old legend or old tale, it was a real fresh take on it. Yeah, they now, still brought it to our yeah. to our ability to understand. So yeah, so I watched the rest of the episode and then when it was over, which you know, it resolves, they obviously the kids, you know, mm-hmm. now not all the are you afraid of the dark tales end well, which I like. Which is another cool thing cuz the sometimes the bad guys win, but Yes. um but it, yeah, some of them end with a twist and I remember when it did end, then there's Gary 
uh, that's when I first saw Gary, which I didn't know. He was just a kid with glasses. Mm-hmm. He grabbed a, a red bucket and said, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. And that's when I realized, like, oh, so the format of the story is we are watching a dramatized recreation of a story that a group of kids are telling around a campfire. Yeah. So the premise of it is these kids are telling stories and we're seeing you the know, dramatization yeah. like in their own minds. We're kind seeing, of. yes, we're seeing the tale actually play out as it, you know, as it's being, you know, we don't see the tale be, uh, we're, we're not watching the tale being told by the Midnight Society. Every now and then they would cut to him talking yes, and get reactions. to see the reactions. But then I just saw, and immediately, I immediately liked Gary. I don't, it's just, as a kid, <laughs> I was like, I like this show and I like that kid. But understand, um, <laughs> me uh, as a kid, I always liked the leader. I just mm-hmm. always did. But also, to be fair, Gary was a skinny guy with glasses. Yeah. As were you. Yes. Uh, so you were like, hey, representation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, I remember when I watched Ninja Turtles, I liked Leonardo. Yep. When I watched Power Rangers, I liked Jason. So uh, did I. And then Tommy. <laughs> um, and then, um, so, what? So did I. Uh, right, right. So. <laughs> uh, but I was, I always liked leaders. And, uh, you know, Gary is the leader. He's the one that puts meetings into session and he's obviously the one that closes them. And you learn that when you watch the show each week, you know, you watch the midnight Society. There's this ceremony. There's a lot of ceremony to it. Yeah. Um, which, and then I watched the very first episode and it's actually this monologue that it opens with this monologue that Gary gives, which is really well-written. It's so good. Really well-written. Um, and in fact, um, I want to pull it up, but, um, why don't you talk about, I wonder if, I wish we could like, splice it in or whatever yeah, so people can no. hear it but um no okay so, wait Who, yeah i said so my favorite character was immediately okay. gary so each week i'd watch gary he definitely was the leader <laughs> he kept the group on point he um he had almost like a parental mm-hmm. role over the group um and uh everyone seemed to kind of look to him yeah and 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 it was an unspoken thing that the writers and the director of the scenes and the actor uh, who played him, Ross mm-hmm. Hull, did a really great job just conveying so many unspoken things that this group has been meeting for years. And we're, like you said, yeah, what is it? We're coming into something that's already been established. We're, we're getting I a, said this earlier today, yeah. obviously not recently. <laughs> What'd you say? No, yeah, I, <laughs> no, I said uh, when when we, the viewer, were watching the Midnight Society conduct their meetings, we it it felt like we were new members. And we were coming into this group that was already established. There's yes. already connections and friendships and roles that um, that we're watching. And um, I didn't feel like anybody was haphazard. There was no character that was um, like we were just trying to figure out who they were. No. Like there, everybody had a, a very clear and distinct personality that you could walk away maybe two episodes in and go, "Yep, that's I, I get this person. I get that person." But it still left room for their characters to grow. And experience things um, like David, for example, from the get go, we're like, "Cool, this guy's a jerk." But then his Wait, Eric. Da- no, not sorry, not not, not uh, David, Eric, Eric, yeah, Eric. David's, like no, David's really precious man. and sweet. Excuse yeah. me, but Eric is kind of jerky. But then his his is it his grandfather passes away. His grandfather passed away. That's when with the leprechaun tale, and yeah. and we're all kind of like, oh, like he he. 
he's being kind of humbled in this moment. So yeah, well, there's room for their characters to be right. moved, which they, I like. They don't always get along. Like they, no. some of them are kind of prickly. Like Kiki's kind of prickly. And, <laughs> I love which Kiki. let me just plug. <laughs> there is one episode where Kiki's wearing a jean jacket on the back in massive letters. It says Bugle Boy, and I was like, oh. Yep. Yes, honey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like everything I wore was Bugle Boy at one point. Though. She was like, I do what I want. Yeah. But no, no, I just I just remember being like, you know, <laughs> like, yes, Bugle Boy. That's the 90s. Right. So, oh, my uh, gosh. But here's the so here's the saying. I, I just want to say it says we're called the Midnight Society. Separately, we're very different. We like different things. We go to different schools and we have different friends. But one thing draws us together. The dark. Each week we gather around this fire. To share our fears and our strange and scary tales, it's what got us together, and it's what keeps bringing us back. This is a warning to all who join us. You're going to leave the comfort of the light and step into the world of the, super, of the supernatural. So that's uh, season one. Uh, actually, the first episode was the tale of the Phantom Cab. Right. In, the, in, like I guess, the official chronology, but like the first episode they actually piloted was the tale of Twister Claw. But when we saw this, th- that monologue, I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. I felt like it's exactly what we were doing. We were walking in. The viewers are going into this well-established group. And as a kid, I liked the Midnight Society more than I liked. The tales were just like icing on the cake. I enjoyed watching the this group of kids because as a kid, who was um, – I don't know. I guess I, I was definitely different and uh, wasn't always uh, – I don't think I was ever in the in crowd. You know, I mean, I seriously wasn't. I'm not just saying that right, I, right. I was. I, I had a group of friends. I had a few friends and uh, friends that I grew up with and stuff. But I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like the kid that everybody always called to. You know, you know I mean, I, I felt like right. I was, it was different, you know. And but I, I loved that. Um, we we all long for acceptance. I think in some way, right? Uh, to be a part of a group that did really cool stuff. And I think that not just the creepy stuff, but one of the things about the Midnight Society was just we loved seeing this group of kids and we wanted that. Like, oh, yeah. it, it was a show that made you want to go out into the woods with your friends and build <laughs> a fire and tell scary stories. Right. And I think something like that, especially now in an age of social media and immediacy, right. that um, kind of camaraderie, I don't know that it's super common now to just go out and be with actual human beings, not behind the screen, talking. Because the thing about, and I I just want to plug this about the Midnight Society, the original incarnation, is that they were all, like the the monologue said, insanely different, but they genuinely cared about each other. And ultimately, their differences didn't affect them as friends, even outside of the Midnight Society, because there are scenes in the show where we see like... um, Kristen, she's kind of known as like the popular, pretty, you know, a little, you know, kind of like girly one. But she goes and hangs out at Ross's dad's magic shop without a like, and there's no issue there. Um, The inclusivity of their group is pretty well established, and it actually makes its way into the tales as well. Yes, just the way there's no, there there are no like um, lines drawn between people. It's really cool. Moments. And <clears throat> please keep these things in mind what, because next week when we review right. the, the, the reboot, um, these these points are going to be uh, revisited. revisited. Um, and, I, and I'm not – please don't – I don't want anybody to think that they're just going to completely like, you know, just blast and slam Mm-mm. this new uh, – not all of it, no. Uh, I just – but like – 
Gary was the leader. And mm-hmm. uh, another thing, again, about Gary's magic shop is that um, he was obviously the kind of kid who kind of held on to these old ways, like this magic shop, you know, like the old magicians, mm-hmm. you know. He really kind of held on to that. His dad owned a magnet, a magic shop, and magic his shop. dad because his his right. grandfather was what the was the one the the founder. Yes, in of Midnight Society, there's actually a mythology to this. So it's so it's, like Gary is uh, Gary's important because he has a mantle of leadership right. sort of passed yes. down to him. So there's like an importance there that yes. might not otherwise be there. Yeah, possibly. I'm not saying it's not it wouldn't happen, but if you're talking about the reality of the show. Gary clearly clung to this whole idea that it's a thing that's passed down yes. generationally. And, while, and obviously Tucker did the same thing. Yes, his little brother. And and while I definitely uh, appreciated all the characters, Gary was just my favorite. And, you know, he really, they just, the directors and the writers of, of these campfire sequences did such a great job uh, creating these different characters, but also, you know, just did a great job uh showing him as a leader and since we're talking about favorites yeah who was your favorite my favorite now granted i didn't get i didn't get to watch the these this season specifically until Mm -hmm. i was much older but watching it i was like oh my gosh i really love betty ann yes obviously and uh i love i love her stories because they're creepy I love her because like whenever a lot of her stories didn't uh, were the ones that ended with a twist like they were unresolved and that was cool and yeah, that was cool. And like, I was like, oh, wow, a kid's show that where everything doesn't wrap up neatly with a bow. Right. Because that's not realistic. Um, but uh, she she told creepy stories. I liked her personality. She was very, I, th- I think probably because she, maybe she, I found a lot of myself in her. Yeah. Because she was like very much like, let's just, you know, it's okay. Everything's fine. Let's get along. But also when everyone was like, oh, this one's a really scary story with horrible things. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is like, gross. And she's like, yes, I'm yeah. in. So and I was not, like, yes, and- that's me <laughs> and she was very supportive of gary yes um it seems I, I know one particular time they were talking about there was one particular episode i think it was the super specs where mm-hmm. they were like oh gary you know your stories haven't been very scary and she was like i think gary tells the best stories and I'll, i i think in in a way i almost think she was almost like the second like the she, the, was, she yeah. was like the second she was like if something if gary some if something happened where gary couldn't be there or something she could take over it's funny that independent like toby and i did not grow yes. up together in any way shape or form so it's right. funny that yeah we found these two characters and you should also point out yes. the similarities no of- i just had well i <laughs> I had a big kid crush on betty ann yes <laughs> and betty ann like like <laughs> i lamented over like Oh my gosh, mom, she's so, you know, now granted, I'm like like 12 years old. It's okay, I had a a very hot and heavy thing going on with Devin Sawa at the time. Right, yeah, he was big. It's fair. But no, I I just, but I thought she told the best stories, like for, and and speaking of which, you know, going into, but, and when you, we posted our Halloween. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I dressed up as Gary. And I dressed up as Biddy Ann. Yeah, that was cool. And we're also going to post tonight, we're going to post up um, pictures of of the characters, Gary and Biddy Ann. You will note the similarities Mm -hmm. in how both actors look compared to how we look. So it's kind of funny. So Yeah. Twas meant to be. Right, yeah. Well, (laughs) If um, if for no other reason than the fact that we look like 90s uh, TV stars. Yeah. So I think Gary was my favorite as the leader, but... If I had to give like uh, 
if if honestly I had to say who told the best stories, it was it was it was Betty Ann. Now I know that in the production, I think you know we read. I think the production thing was like it's not like they chose the stories or anything like that. I I just I'm saying it was Betty Ann's stories though that I thought were the best. It, um, and, and they fit her character because she was super duper creepy and weird. Yeah. Um, and I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah. So she so and that goes into some of what are our favorite episodes and uh, just to briefly. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we talked about the Taylor Twisted Claw. That will always be. Uh, one of my favorites because it was the first one I saw. But um, the tale of laughing in the dark, which was I just call it the Zebo uh, episode, uh, probably. And so we recently hung out with some friends of ours, um, me and a buddy of mine, Seth, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> who will come up in a few minutes. But uh, again, but we were introducing his wife, and it was me, Seth, and Caleb, and we were introducing. Ke- their wives, Seth, their wives too. <laughs> they had never seen Are You Afraid of the Dark, so we're hanging out, and and Seth goes, "What episode, Toby? Do you think would like encapsulate like how great the show is?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Zebo." Yes, tail laughter, and it does. I mean, and it, well, because clowns are just horrible. Like clowns are just yeah. terrible, and there's like if you got yeah. a story about clowns. <laughs> Right, it's guaranteed to freak everybody out. Right, and and it did creep out like Caleb's wife. I remember, the, the, <laughs> and and it's my favorite. It's it's the one with the well. I love the smoke, the cigar smoke Ugh. around. But but the, the the okay. So if you've never seen it, so the premise is, um, Zebo is uh, a ghost. Uh, there's a legend. Uh, there's a fun house in this town. Yeah, and the legend has it that uh, at this fun house, uh, years and years and years ago, there was a clown named Zebo who stole money and he was running from the police and he ran into the fun house and the cigar he had caught the fun house on fire yeah. and he died and he still haunts the fun house. Well, and you, you'll like legend has it. You smell cigar smoke yeah. and da 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 da. So one of these kids makes a, you know, it's these two kids and yeah, he's like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared yeah, of anything. You know, I'm, going like, in. Yeah, I'm not scared of anything. So he goes in, they said, well, you know, not only am I going to go in, but I'm going to take Zebo's nose. So he takes Zebo's nose, which we actually have a foam. We have yes. a Zebo's nose. We have a Zebo nose <laughs> here on you know, in the studio. Um, and uh, we'll definitely get a picture of that. But um, so uh, he takes the nose and all's well, you know, everything's all fun and games. And then next thing you know, everywhere he goes, he starts to smell cigar smoke. And and then one horrible night, of course, um, he gets a phone call and it's this clown voice that says, give it back. And Zebo does terrorize him this night until he gives the nose back. But here's the thing: you don't see Zebo at all. Yes, and that is the best part of that episode. Yes, because you're only left to imagine. It's the Jaws effect. It's right. like how you see only the fin and never the shark right. until which like is, halfway through the movie. It's which is, that same idea. Which is something definitely that that this generation has lost for the most part. Yeah. Is this idea that it's the delayed. Yeah, everybody. A lot of it's just it shows everything. I yeah, and I, I yeah, I think it's just the instant gratification of this you know generation. Right, like even movies, we had to wait till the tape rewound, yeah, till we could watch it again. But for me, some of the most frightening movies, uh, like I think Blair Witch Project is pretty terrifying. Uh. Yeah, and when I saw it, I was really scared. But you, and the whole time you're wondering, because a lot of the anticipation is like, what does this witch look like? And you, you know, it's not, not, spoiler alert, you just don't ever see her, uh. Uh, which makes it. Horrifying, times worse. <laughs> horrifyingly, horrifyingly worse, and you don't see Zebo. 
And but you see, like his you see stuff, enough his to relics. Know. When he blows that balloon Ugh. up under the crack of the door, when the kids got the door shut, it's and, awful. And the door and the bl- that scared Caleb's <laughs> wife. She's like, "What is going on?" And I was like, <laughs> it's scary. "Sorry, Rebecca." I was like, yeah, "This, <laughs> we this love is why you. we picked this one." <laughs> um, so, uh, some other good ones. Just want to throw them out there. Uh, the nightly neighbors. Yeah, I think that was a Betty Ann story uh, about the vampire. Uh, the, the, Family. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that had a, tr- a really crazy twist. Yes. Uh, the Tale of the Captured Souls, you like that one. I like that one, yeah. They're on vacation, this family, and um, this little boy is like, I guess, Real like young kid, yeah. running the house, but you find out things. Yeah, I want to give him away. Right. Uh, I mean, it's been like 20 years. The Tale years. of the Midnight Madness, which was about the theater where the monsters that were in the movies uh, would come yeah. out of the screen. Very good. And it was not just the monsters, it was Nosferatu, which was Yeah, really, more, more vampire really goodness. Um, and the curious camera, I have to mention that was the yes. one, another Betty Ann story, which was about this camera that whatever they, it took a picture of got, uh, something happened to it yeah. really bad. And at, on the, on the pictures was this icon of a little gremlin uh. and that, that just, and it was just a little picture of a gremlin. Uh. I'll never forget. Have you seen the pictures? Did you see the gremlin? He's like, yeah, that little thing. It's all its fault. I was like, golly. And <laughs> but thing, I'm thinking, who is the gremlin? How did it get in the camera? What the heck? <laughs> but it makes you think about that, and that's again, that's why these were it was such a great show. Uh, it, it just, it really was. And favorite reoccurring character there, in the show, there are reoccurring, uh, recurring characters. Yes. Um, and ours was Doctor uh, Doctor Vink, yes, for sure, because he's sinister and he's he shows up and he always has a different scheme going on. Um, yeah, you never know what he's about. And again, the kids in the campfire, they never are affected by the stories. They just tell the stories. Right. But uh, Dr. Vink was a character uh, that I believe Frank used. Frank yeah. Frank was kind of a tough guy. Uh, I like Frank. Really good actor. That that kid was a good actor. Yeah, he uh, was. He was. And uh, he did, uh, Dr. Vink was one of his characters. Mr. Sardo was a funny one. That was, <laughs> He's one, funny, of, that was yeah. one of Gary's characters. Um, or no, just Sardo. He doesn't like Mr. Right. Remember. That's true. Yeah. Accent <laughs> on the dough, right? Um, so yeah, uh, and it, it just, you know, and now being adults watching it, mm-hmm. I, we notice even more things that make it really good. So I yeah. mean, is it just that th- we see now while we appreciated it as kids, we still appreciate the same things as adults. So, um, so in all to sum up, yes, um, uh, the, the, the most, it, uh, for the show that went for like seven seasons, and has had enough of an impact to where we're doing a podcast on it, right. and was rebooted in October uh, of this year. Uh, it was enough to, to for to for there to be a reboot. Uh, it, to sum up this show, um, well, one we would recommend you watch it. Yes. you know, of course, you um, can buy you can any buy of the on episodes Amazon. on Amazon on yeah. iTunes. We um, um we bought they're the, everywhere. Yeah, we bought the DVDs off of eBay and um, have been watching them. So we wanted to own them, but the most brilliant and timeless. Uh, part of the show, in my opinion, is how the Midnight Society, through great writing, great directing, and great acting, they had just a, they really captured something really original. Yes. Um, and yes, some of the stuff is like campy and corny, like right. just because all kids' television yeah. really was. Yes. Um, no one was going to win an Academy Award for anything they did on Nickelodeon. Right. And the fact is, Nick- however, I'm sorry. You no, can- no, you're fine. However, they they just, their, their ensemble acting was yeah. great. Like and I think they they worked so well together, and um, their characters just they appealed to a wide audience. And Nickelodeon just doesn't make shows like that anymore. No, 
Sadly. really doesn't. And, you know, I, I, I just, it's unfortunate. And I'm going to say that a lot as we make episodes. <laughs> if we talk about, you know, uh, hey, dude. There's or, so many things uh, to cover. Salute your shorts or you can't do that on television. Just Nickelodeon <laughs> does not make these just unique shows anymore. So, but... Please, um, you know, but keep these things in mind because, uh, and, and I'm going to do, I'm going to say one phrase that I'm definitely going to uh, be be using a lot next week's episode, yes. and that's what would Gary do? Because when we get into the new Midnight Society. WWGD. Uh, yeah, WWGD. Because when we get into this new Midnight Society uh, next week uh, when we talk about the reboot, um, yes, I'm definitely going to be comparing um, the, the new midnight society to the older midnight society uh some good some not some good some not so great things but uh that's what happens when you when you do a reboot of something that has a tradition that has a mythology so uh we'll get to that next week let's spend the last few minutes we've got a few more minutes um want to talk about a few things uh we went thrifting today yes that is a show. big huge deal in our lives as we explained on the first episode Yes. Uh, so we found some lovely yeah. goodies, some of which are going to be our 90s relics yes. for this week. My mom has our son, so it was easy to take our daughter. She's, you know, two, so she went along for the ride. Yes. And we went to the thrift store, and we found some 90s relics, and let's talk about them for a few minutes. And I brought something from my desk, uh, from my de- from Toby's desk at work. I yes. have something. And then and I found something today, Brooke actually. Found a couple of cool things, yes. and we're going to talk about them. So first thing uh, I found, uh, or that I'm going to talk about is uh, a CD by the Jim Blossoms, uh, <laughs> their album, New Miserable Experience, which I um, really like the Jim Blossoms. And a New, Miserable Exper- a New Miserable Experience was recorded in 92, and it has like some of my favorite stuff uh, by them. What uh, are some key songs that people uh, might Allison know? Road is my favorite Jim Blossoms song. Uh, 29, Until I Fall Away, Hey Jealousy, um, Found Out About You. So it, it, this is like, I think it's their best album, in my opinion, but it, it's it's a quintessential '90s album as well. So, and I also found uh, a pin <laughs> just sitting in the toy section. It's a uh, it's an enamel pin from Loot Crate, and it's of a broken. It, it we'll put a picture of it. Yes, on Instagram. But so it's it's a broken fine. bottle of mutagen ooze with a <laughs> Michelangelo baby Ninja Turtle in it, and I couldn't believe it. And I mean, that's late 80s, early 90s. Oh, yeah. I love Ninja Turtles. Michelangelo was who my cousin Michael always was. I was Leonardo, but I had to get that. I also found a pin, a Disney trading pin uh, with Dale from Chip and Dale on it. <laughs> and uh, I love Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Chip and Yes. We are definitely going to do an episode on the on the Disney Channel during the 90s. Definitely do that. And from work, uh, we also have the Zebo Nose, which we talked about. Yes. But from work, uh, also in the studio, is a Mickey Mouse rocket flashlight. Now, this is important. <laughs> I hope my my sister hears this episode because this was it's a flashlight. It's a little plastic rinky dink little flashlight that my grandmother bought uh, me and my sister. She visited when well, my grandmother from Delaware uh, would visit. It was like one of the greatest things ever and she would always come bearing gifts and she got us a bunch of stuff but i actually i i don't know what happened to our original one <laughs> but i i bought this on ebay for 25 bucks and because i had to have it because this thing takes me back me and my sister would sleep in the same room we slept in my room she had her room i had mine but when we went to bed we had twin beds in my room and 
we would put this flashlight up and turn it on and it was our nightlight and we would wear the batteries out of this thing <laughs> day in and day out. We have to constantly put batteries in it. Uh, and it gives off this like reddish glow. I've I've yet to put batteries in it and test it out. I'm going to wait for my sister to visit. Yeah. Sarah, my sister, currently lives in San Francisco. And when she comes to visit, I'm going to put batteries in this thing and turn it on. But I, I, <laughs> I wanted to, because that was a part of my childhood. Aww. So, uh, so a couple of pins, got Michelangelo Ninja Turtles, Dale from Chippendale on a Disney pin, and this uh, rocket flashlight. So, Brooke, what did you get? Okay, so, sorry, sorry. Uh, so, I, so, Toby, I was, um, <laughs> I was uh, down terrible. the road at the Halloween store yes. that was closing Tuesday. Because, again, I'm super creepy. So I was like, well, everything's on sale. Um, so not 90s or, or vintage related, but maybe kind of vintage related. I found a Funko Pop of um, Joyce Byers from Stranger Things, who is my soul animal. So I bought that. But that's not necessarily related, but I did. So I found that. I also uh, found a blow up like 90s cell phone, which I had to buy. Like it reminded me of the one like Zach Morris had on Save yes. by the Bell. So. That's unrelated, but I did buy those things. That's what I was doing while they were. So while I was at the Halloween store, they were thrifting, and Toby yes. found me. This oh, this is great! Action this figure, is great and terrible. I know of a uh, Batgirl, like the Alicia Silverstone version from Batman and Robin from '97. It was '97, yes, Batman and Robin. And yes. like, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now, and she's got the like the one hip out. Yeah, like oh, the sculpted butt. And like yes. everything else, like might as well. I mean, like this is a suit, but almost also not really. Right. So and like and she has heels. I'm like, no one fights no. crime in heels, but it, she has them. Yes. So Alicia Silverstone, Batgirl, definitely a '90s relic. But then when I got there, I found this old Happy Meal toy. It's a Barbie. Like, well, it's not like an actual Barbie. It's like a uh, one of those roller things that you can connect to other pieces. And it's it was, Barbie with rollerblades on. Yeah, remember rollerblades in the nineties and right? a fanny pack. And, and when and I what years are from? And I turned over, and it is from nineteen ninety two. And I, I absolutely think I had either this one or one similar. Like I know I had, That's I cool. know I had one of these. So when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh! So I freaked out. So I have that tonight. I'm clasping it because it is bringing back all the memories, all the feels, and then. Uh, two other things Toby found me thrifting. One is amazing. This isn't necessarily 90s, It but still is cool. a Mary Poppins uh, Returns pin. Yes. Uh, Emily Blunt's version, which I grew up watching Mary Poppins. Somebody had turned in their, their Disney trading collection. Their, yeah, their pin for collection, real. Which uh, I would have liked to have seen some cooler pins. Because this but... is like Walt Disney Studios stuff. Yeah, no, it was cool. Um, uh, but somewhere. it's a pin of like a, a, sil a silhouette of Mary Poppins uh, with, with uh, the kite that yes. they had lost. It's a big deal. And I like cried watching that movie because I was so, it was just so well done. And then <laughs> another, speaking of Zebo, yes, another pin Toby found, he came up to me, he was like, do you, you want, want this? Would you want this? It's and funny. I was like, absolutely. And why? Because it says, <laughs> it's a pin. It says supporter of clown. Singular. Not clowns, clown. <laughs> yeah, which makes me feel like is that an acronym? Is this bad English or is there just is this? I don't care, but I I am a supporter of clown. Therefore, I bought the pin supporter of clown. So there's that. So those those oh oh, and we also found um this light up jack o' lantern that has like a yes. bulb in it. You can plug it in, and so it is currently plugged in next to us. Um. 
in honor of the Midnight Society. In honor of the Midnight Society, October and also 1990. Yes, and also in mourning that um, Halloween is over. Yes, but um, which I would be so sad about not wanting. Oh, oh, also I did also find a uh, okay. So my mom in the nineties had a gas station Chevron cup that had like a certain design and i found the very cup so i'm drinking water so we'll take pictures of all this stuff and uh we'll put that on instagram and um so we're gonna wrap it up yes uh this is toby this is brooke uh and you have been at the tape store and we're happy to have had you with us um please follow us on instagram Mm -hmm. at the tape store uh look for us on we're on youtube uh we're on spotify uh, we're getting on Apple. We're yeah, getting, we may be a few more places, so we'll uh, update. We'll update as we get on a few more places, but we're on anchor.fm. Yes. We're on Spotify, we know. We're on YouTube. And follow us on Instagram. And um, send us your idea. If, if there's a show you'd like, if there's something 90s you'd like for us to talk about, you know, shoot us a line at the tape store podcast at gmail.com. And uh, also, uh, you know, send us your, send us your thrifting Yes. Idea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're getting anything from the 90s, we'd love to see 90s clothes. We'd love to see your 90s toys. Memorabilia. Yes. We'd love to see all that. So, um, but anyway, thanks for thanks for stopping by. Uh, and uh, we will see you guys next time when we review the Are You Afraid of the Dark reboot. And until then, have a good one. See you later. See ya. <laughs>